And we're live, ladies and gentlemen, Lance Armstrong. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for, for doing this. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate it, for, for real. And, um, you know, you were just telling me before this, uh, we were talking about social media. And uh, social media, the greatest part about social media is you get in contact with everybody. Yeah. The worst part about social media is that you get in contact with everybody. Right. And it's just yeah. a tiny percentage of people that won't let it rest. Like, I was looking at something that you posted, and uh, it was something about some like you had a great time doing some race and like one of the first tweets one of the first comments was yeah. uh yeah as good a time as running away from drug tests yeah or yeah i mean that's right you're you're, <laughs> you're just gonna have i mean uh, what did we <clears throat> i mean i posted the other day we, we were we were putting our christmas tree up and my family you know like all the kids there and anna and we, you know the lights and the and the ornaments and and it's at the fucking christmas tree and you know of course most people love it. They think it's a cute picture, but then there's always the one, you know, oh, is the is the tree juiced, <laughs> or or something. I mean, there's just always, <clears throat> which I get. I mean, that's just part of it. Yeah. But but sometimes you're like, come, is that the best we got? Like, yeah. I mean, maybe that is. Maybe I deserve. I don't know. But it's like, give it a rest. Sometimes. Well, you definitely deserve some of it, right? Yeah, for sure. There's no way around. Of course. That. Of course. There's, but it's also, it, I think one of the things about this whole scandal, the whole thing, it illuminated the real issue. Mm -hmm. And the real issue is the entire, and this is what we were talking about, Bill Bird did that thing on Conan, yeah. where he was saying, the fucking whole sport is like mm -hmm. this. It's not, there was, out of all the people that won the Tour de France in all the years that you did it, if you go back to people that either weren't implicated or didn't test right. positive. Like, what is it, like 18th place or something fucking crazy like that? You know, <clears throat> uh, that's probably generous. I, I, yeah, right? It would be um, it would be hard to, know, hard to know that. And, um, I mean, look, Joe, these are all easy for me to, to sit here and, and say and talk about, and people would say, well, of course he says that. Right. Of course he thinks that. And, of well, it's all out his, on the table now. I mean, you it, really don't have anything but it, to gain. But, it, but is it? It but is. is it? No. I mean, is it, it? It's. Um, well, I guess it is. But you know, people don't want to talk about that. I mean, people want to talk about my issue, and that's, I guess, also understandable. Um, but look, it was a, it was a fucked up time, and and you had this. You were at this crossroads of of a very hard sport. Uh, a very hard event. Some would say one of the hardest sporting events in the world. Three weeks, 2,500 miles, conditions, terrain, et cetera, et cetera. So that meets really the perfect drug. I mean, you have a drug that's that's incredibly beneficial, and at the time, totally undetectable. Um, and and everybody dove in, and so um, nobody's nobody's nobody wanted to be in that position. It's not like any of us growing up as kids thought, dude, I'm gonna. I'm going to go to Europe and, and get, you know, all doped up and try to win bike race. No, nobody wanted to be there. Like, we all <clears throat> went with pure intentions. We got there, and we're like, and I'm talking about the, this crop of Americans that went to Europe, and this shit was messy. And we're like, whoa. Like, okay, do we go home or do we stay and fight? And uh, you know, literally... Uh, almost everybody stayed and fought and then they fought you know we, we fought the way that that the fight was being fought and um, you know and and that all meets with where we are today and and <clears throat> the people who were there I think can speak to it me my teammates my peers my rivals the competition um, 
and we have a unique perspective on it because we were we were in the war. But the person on Main Street, right, the corner of Main and First, wasn't there, and they don't understand it, and so they can't really speak to it. But that doesn't change the fact that they're disappointed. They're they're really disappointed. They're disappointed in me. They're disappointed in the sport. Uh, they might hate me. They might hate the sport. Um, they they were most likely defenders of mine, and so they're pissed off. And I, you know, it's taken me a long time to really understand that. Um, but I'll spend the rest of my life trying to trying to work that one out with with that person. And I and I don't, you know, they're out there. There are millions of them. So, um, <clears throat> well, they have a legitimate point. But there's also there's people out there that want you to be wrong and want you. They want to find someone who's done something bad and never let it go. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's definitely some of that going on. Mm-hmm. And there's also people that they don't have a lot of sympathy for people who've been extremely successful and have made mistakes. Yeah. Like it gives them the green light to just decide to just c- continually attack you. But if I, what I tried to do when this whole thing was going down is I tried to put myself in your position. Like you're this world-class biker. You, it's 1994. And that's right around when you started UZPO. 95. 95. 95. So around <clears throat> this time when you realized. Oh, that, was tw- that was 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Right. It's kind of crazy, right? Crazy. When you realized that this, that pretty much all the best guys are doing this now, yeah. what is that feeling like when you're like, okay, I've got to cross over into this deceptive territory. Now all of a sudden I'm, uh, I have to lie about this, I have to hide this, right. and I have to be a part of this sort of underground thing this underground aspect that's a part of this great sport right well we we held off as long as you know i mean you know epo came along in the early 90s um we sort of got to europe in uh, 92 93 um and then it, it by that point by 94 it's you know full on and we're thinking okay this isn't good but surely they're going to have a test for this, for Epo. Um, and we waited, we waited, and, and it just never came. And then uh, then we get to 95. There's p- tremendous pressure on the team, within the team. Uh, we're losing the sponsor. Will the sponsor renew? The team wants results, and we're going, all right, we're, we're really fucked here. And so <clears throat> we all collectively made the decision in spring of 95 that, all right, we, we have to go play ball. The first time you shot that stuff, <laughs> what was that like? Now it's not it, it's 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 not like uh, it, it, I knew you were going to ask these questions. <laughs> it's it's not like that. It's not that type of drug. It's not like a no. I like don't a, mean like, like, like a cocaine or a, or a, it's not. It's not. It's not I, a, I didn't mean it that way. I meant was there a feeling like ah oh, fuck we've crossed into this land of cheating? It, it was so long ago. I mean that would have been that was twenty one years ago. So it's, it's right. or twenty years ago. It's a little tough to to remember exactly, um, um, you know, and also too, I mean, it wasn't as if there were other things we did before that. I mean, there, EPO is, is, is this hugely powerful drug, but, but there was, you know, we sort of, uh, call them gateway drugs. I mean, if, 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 if EPO is, you know, is, is the, you know, meth of, of performance enhancing drugs, I mean, there's, there's marijuana too. There's, there's a lighter, Right, sort of entry level stuff that like what was the entry? What was the first stuff? Well, cortisone is is there, and And that's just to relieve pain. Yeah, or just uh, yeah. I mean, it it is, but 
it also works for for racing bikes but how does it work for racing bikes um well it's such a strong anti-inflammatory that you, you with that you just feel, inevitably you feel better whether it's physically you feel better a, a certain even just a, a euphoria that comes with that that's you know and, and who knows what you know percent of it but, but at the edge. same time you have you have a drug that um you know i love it when you when you know in cycling if, if you took cortisone you you would be you would be banned however you know you watch you know the nfl and then somebody gets gets banged up in the first half they go in at halftime they come out you know the announcer says they went in they got a they got a cortisone injection they'll be they're going to play the second half they rush for 100 yards they win the game they're hero it's like wait a second yeah like so it is it is what it is but it is weird. It's it weird. Is. what the, We've talked about that a, a bunch of times uh, with me and my friends. Like when you go to GNC or, you know, like the UFC has this company, uh, Muscle Farm, which sells a bunch of supplements and things mm -hmm. along those lines. But yet they ban performance-enhancing drugs. Like well, what, what do these supplements do? Well, mm -hmm. they, they enhance you right. in some way. Well, but it's like a certain level right. will, will allow. Right. Will allow a certain level of improvement, certain level of aid and recovery, but anything past that is cheating. Yeah. Well, it, it's all performance-enhancing. A, yeah. a nap is performance-enhancing. Sure, vitamins. vitamins. It's all, yeah. so we know that. Right. But, but there also, too, has to be, and I don't want to be critical of whether it's, the UFC's efforts to, to combat doping or, or USADA or WADA or the, anybody or the, any major sport, you, you have to draw the line somewhere. Right. And that's just, and I get asked that all the time because people, people get frustrated with the issue and it's, they kind of throw their hands up and say, well, look, we should just, it should just all be legal. And, you know, they said that to me and they're, they're thinking I'm going to go, yeah, you're right. But you, you can't, that's not the answer either. There has to be uh, a structure in place. There has to be a line. It, it might that line might seem weird or fuzzy to people sometimes, but you, shit, you have to have something. Um, and so, dude, it's tricky. I mean, anytime you mix uh, athletes that are that are super motivated with um, with money, with uh, pressure that comes with that, temptation that comes with that, you know, people are, for the rest of. I mean, come on. I mean. The original Olympic Games, they were, they were, it was going on. So it's, it's, you have to think that it's going to happen forever. It, the substances will change over time, but um, just unfortunately, that's part of the game. So the original writers, like <clears throat> way back in the early days of the Tour de France, before they had drugs, they were using alcohol. You know, there's all, the, there's a lot of stories about um, whether it's alcohol, cocaine, um, I mean, crazy substances. But, but at the same time, you had guys. The Tour de France is 100 years old, right? So uh, doping is cheating. We know that. But there's other ways. I mean, guys would hang on to cars. Guys would get in trains. Guys really? would, yeah. There were guys, they would take a cork out of, out of a wine bottle, and they would put, this is, this is fucking crazy. They would have fishing string in the cork, right? So wire it up, and they would have it, you know, they'd have a car <laughs> up the road, and they'd put it in their teeth. Oh my god! And it God. would be, you know, just a subtle pull. I mean, they, they, you know, any way to get ahead. I mean, this is, you know, the the um, the sport is just that's it's a brutal sport, and uh, you're not getting your face pounded in like UFC, but you certainly feel like you're getting your face pounded. Well, in. Well, almost psychologically, it's almost more devastating because it's so grinding. When you're talking about something that goes three weeks mm -hmm. and goes, is it twenty two hundred or twenty five hundred miles? Is that what it is? About twenty five hundred. 
That's yeah. insane. That's an insane amount of time to be pushing yeah, your body. 100 miles a day. But once you get to the top level, it's remarkable how efficient it is. I mean, you have 200 guys going down the road. On a normal day, if it's a flat day and there's not wind or crosswind um, or rain or, you know, the conditions, it's pretty easy, to be honest. I mean, it's conversational. The final is tough and the final gets fast and people are competing for the stage win. But um, it's not... You know, those three weeks aren't like three weeks on the line. I mean, on you know, in the red line. Or so you have zone. to pace yourself. The <clears throat> the peloton paces itself. Like the you know, they sort of pace and police for for lack of a better word itself. And when and then obviously the mountains and the time trials, right, or where the race is decided, and the, those are the hardest moments. When they first started introducing uh, things like um, uh, when they started using transfusions and things along those lines, how much of an improvement did it have on the times? Well, you know, it's 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 hard to say because the times are, you know, people look at our era, they look at my generation and they say, OK, well, the times must be you know, significantly faster. I mean, but you can't compare cycling to track and field or cycling to another sport that's had had a rough patch and is now trying to clean itself up because technology changes, road surfaces change, uh, obviously training has changed. But, um, I mean, if you go back to the 84 games right here in Los Angeles, that was really the first major exposure you had for, for transfusions, um, which which the American team did and Rolling Stone exposed it. Um, and But a transfusion is just a – it was an old school – EPO replaced that, right? Mm -hmm. Because you had a transfusion is just adding red cells to your system, which is, carries oxygen and, and, and gives you more oxygen. Then you had a drug came along that did that for you, so you didn't have to extract the blood, you didn't have to put it back in. It made it, you know, it made it a lot easier. And then when the test, when they refined the EPO test and ultimately came up with it, um, uh, then people went back to the old school system. So, um, <clears throat> and then came other ways to detect that through not so much through a test but just through what they call the biological passports so of just studying parameters in your blood whether it's reticulocytes or red cells or you know all of these things that, that smart people can come up with tests for that's it was more of a screening method to to, to detect uh, a transfusion what's kind of fucked up about all this <clears throat> is that you won the tour de france seven times mm -hmm. you obviously trained like a demon pushed yourself to the limits you beat everyone in the competition and they were all doing the same thing you were doing right yet you're the one who's demonized and yet you're the one who takes all the grief for it yep yeah and there's a situation that happens when you're involved you're involving money you're involving sponsors you're involved when you once you first start once the ball starts rolling and the first deception has been launched out there into the ether. Yep. There's no way to take it back if you want to keep racing. Yep. <clears throat> and that's the thing. I, I mean, people look. I mean, my my story, and and I I hear you loud and clear. I and and you can say that. I can never say that. You know, when I when I if I were to say things like that, people would they would nuke me. But it is what it is. It is what it is. But that's anyhow. Um, there was the doping. Okay, which led to the lying, right? Which led to the treatment of other people. I think by and large, people can have the perspective that you have. They can say, look, looks to me like everybody did it. So, okay. 
then they can look to the line, and they, that's where they really start to not like it. They say, this guy lied to us repeatedly. But, of course, you get, you know, my, there's no defense to that, but if I, could, if I could share any personal insight. I mean, once you lie once, you just keep lying, you keep lying. It's not as if I'm going to sit here, you know, if this is 15 years ago, and, Joe, you're a nice guy. And you, I mean, if I was on this podcast, I would have lied to your fucking face a million times, just so you know. <laughs> I, I would have just so you know just so you know but that's not a surprise to you or no. anybody else but but once you're in there it's not as if i'm gonna go you know this this guy joe seems like a really nice guy i think i'm gonna be real i'm gonna be honest with him it's but, too much money there's no well, way you can't once you can't. that yeah so no. i was i was stuck for lack of a, of a better word in that uh in that dis that lie or that deception but then the way that i took my competitive nature which served me well in training and in racing and took it into the real world, took it into a press conference, took it into a personal relationship, took it into former teammates, uh, my relationship with that. That's the part where people go, okay, fuck this guy forever. Right. He, we're, I'm done. And yeah. so um, that, you know, you got sort of the three phases. None of them are good, but as it got further away, um, that, um, you know, lack of respect for others is the thing that totally fucked me. And, you know, to that, I, I would I would say to anybody that I, I understand, and and I'm, I may be in their timeout forever. Um, I have, uh, and the only thing I will add that, that that may sound like I'm trying to defend myself is I've I've tried to make amends with all those people, right? The ones that we all know, the ones people talk about. I've traveled the world. I've sat with them. I've I've looked them in the eyes and said what I did was totally unacceptable, and I'm sorry. Um, and almost everybody has accepted the apology and, and, and we've moved on. Um, but that doesn't get to this, this, you know, this crowd of people that, that you can't sit with face to face and you can't say you're sorry. I mean, I can talk to you, we can talk about it. Some people may view that as an apology or, or, or not, but, but the ones that I could go sit with, I did. And so that's all that I would add to that. And I, and I, and I, I mean, I'm proud that most of those people, and I say most, not everybody, because not everybody's ready, but most of those people said, you know what, we're good, we're done. And so uh, if it was my son and he acted that way, first of all, I'd say, what the fuck are you doing? You, you can't act that way. But I had no, nobody was standing over me going, dude, right. what, are you, what are you, you're acting like an asshole. No, nobody did that. So, but if my son did that, I would say, you get over there and you make it right with that person. So that's where it is, and uh, here we go. You're also in this bizarre position at the time to be the only famous cycler in the entire country. Cyclist. Cycler? Isn't that it? <laughs> no, that's a... <laughs> a cycler cycling drugs. Oh, <laughs> a cyclist. Biker. 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 But a biker is like sons of anarchy. And that's, yeah. Yeah. I kind of got burned out on that series. But, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I mean, I mean the story a lot of weight the, to carry around. Yeah, and then yeah. there's the the cancer organization, yeah. Livestrong. All of it. There's a lot of weight you're carrying around. It, it and was. I speak to it all the time. I mean, it was <clears> a, it was a huge wave. But you're also balancing out so much good with this lie, and this lie is helping all this good. Right. Like the Livestrong Foundation is generating hundreds of millions of dollars, yeah. helping all these people with cancer. I've seen you in the hospitals with these kids and it makes yeah. me, me having kids myself, it makes me cry. Yeah. Seeing these kids with face masks on because their immune system's so compromised and they don't have any hair and they're just devastated. Yep. 
and you're hanging out with these kids and you, you're generating all this positive energy for them, generating all this money, all this all this research that's being funded. So yep. there's all this good as well. You start telling the truth, that stops. Well, we, we know what happens because it happened. Yeah, it did happen. It happened. And it we know. It dried up. I don't see any of those fucking bracelets anymore. No. Remember so those goddamn things were everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, they were. We had a good run, man. 85 million bracelets. Yeah. But. Look, I mean, I don't want anybody to be mistaken. I, my interests w were selfish. I mean, I was uh, uh, um, defending myself and protecting myself. Um, but at the same time, it wasn't just myself I was protecting. I was prote protecting the sport. I was protecting our sponsors. I was protecting the tour. I was protecting the foundation. Um, and you know, it's it's just hard to to say I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and and. And, and what we just said, I mean, we now know on all of those things, right? We know what's happened to the foundation. We know what's happened to the sport. We know what's happened to the sponsor. We know, and we can now see. Um, it, it, was, it was a devastating toll. And, um, you know, most would say, well, that's all your fault, Lance. And, uh, and, and maybe they're right, but uh, it's, it's been, you know, it, 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 especially on the foundation side, dude, it just it breaks my heart to see that, um, the effect it's had um, on their effectiveness. Well, it's got to be way more complicated <clears throat> than it's just your all your fault. It's 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 way more complicated because when you're talking about an entire sport that's dirty, mm -hmm. I mean, for lack of a better word, an entire sport that's being deceptive, an entire sport that's using these performance enhancing drugs, and then you're talking about you because you're this weird outlier. You're this one guy who is incredibly successful at it in a country where nobody gave a fuck about the Tour de France until you came along. I mean, it's Greg LeMond and you. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I mean, this... this he, yeah. I mean, that's it. As but only the, but this, the, this is the... I mean, the story, and the story being what it was, a cancer survivor that comes back, that wins this event, that transcends the sport, that brings the sport to cycling. Although Greg did do, I mean, a tremendous job... Um, Really, that was like the first blow up of cycling in the United States, and then comes my story. I mean, that's the story was so the story was too big, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, the, and that's the reason that that uh, you know that incentivized and motivated people like uh, like Nowitzki and like the Feds to come along and say. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, they're not—they're not doing that to save the world. They're not doing that to save the children. No matter what ulterior motives that they might, you know, try to list as well. We wanted to make sure that children don't do this. We wanted to send a great message. We want, yeah. Bullshit. It's—it's it's a high-profile, high-publicity avenue for them to achieve notoriety. Yeah, but but right, and we we'll get into that. But the the. You know, my rivals, so if you take, you know, my, my main rivals, whether it's Jan Ulrich or Basso or Beloki or Pantani or, you know, th their star factor, for lack of a better phrase, was just, was just different. And they, you know, they weren't cancers. It wasn't, so it, it, there was this disparity, which the sport enabled there to be because it's just, just kind of an old school, janky sport in terms of the way it's um, organized and run as a business, um, that it, it, it was like a, you know, like a South American economy. There was really the haves and the have-nots, and uh, that's a crazy way of putting it. Yeah, I mean, when when you have something like that, it, it doesn't work. And so, what you need to, you know, all of those ships need to rise with that sea. And and um, I probably didn't do a good enough job uh, trying to push for that in my in my time. 
Um, but don't you have only a certain amount of resources? I mean, one of the things that I've always said about extreme winners is uh, there's there's a borderline between greatness and madness, and it crosses back and forth. Yeah. I would say that greatness and madness are next-door neighbors, and they borrow each other's sugar. Yeah. Because there's almost no way you can get that good without almost losing your fucking mind. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I've met never... some people that are fantastic at things. The great ones, I've met great ones, especially great fighters, and they're all fucking crazy. Yeah, it's almost like you can't you can't not be because yeah. ever you can't be a regular guy and get there. Right. I probably was. A, yeah, I probably still am a little crazy. Oh, you're crazy. I can <laughs> tell. You're definitely crazy. No, but I don't. Uh... I, I don't think you're bad. I don't think you're a bad guy. I mean, I don't know you that well. Yeah. But I, I, I just think you have to have that that sharpness. Yeah. You have to have that, that grit. You have to have that aggressive, competitive nature in order to succeed, especially in some fucking thing where everyone's doing the same thing. There's not a lot of creativity involved. <laughs> There's not a lot of uh, variables. You're fucking pushing yourself, and pushing yourself. You're pumping your legs. That's right. it. You can't, you know, can't fake to the left and go to the right. You can't fucking throw up some new move that no one's ever seen before. You're, you're, you're fucking we, we pushing had, yourself. Some of those. Yeah, some you of definitely them. had some of those. But at the end of the day, you're on a fucking bike, yeah. and everybody else is on a bike, and you're going up the goddamn same hill. Right. And, there were, and there were no secrets. Right. That's, and that's the... That, that concentrates down what yeah. the competitive nature is yeah. to, like, the edge. Who's got the sharper edge? Yeah. Who's more intense? And yeah. you won you're, you're, you're because getting, of that. Getting riled, he's getting riled up. I get riled up. Dude, dude I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't jump across this table. <laughs> I mean, isn't I that a big what old it is? kettlebell over here that I'm gonna swing at you if you come over here? Just settle down. Isn't that what it is, yeah, though? Yeah. I mean, that it has to be what it is. It's the only way to win. Yeah, it's it's an endurance event, so you have to be a little careful with that. But right. there, there are those moments where you just have to unleash everything you have, and you can unleash them in training or in, in racing. And yeah, but yes, that seems like a really good point. Where you just put that up is there's you have to be careful with that. You have to know when to put, like how, you have to know your body. Yeah. Like really intimately right. as far as, and you have to manage it over the course of many, many, well, we many get, days. A, say the marathon, I mean, nobody takes off and, you know, like it's a hundred yard dash. I mean, you have to right. manage, that. You, you obviously you have the experience of knowing what that effort is going to look and feel like, and you know how to manage all of that. But yeah, I mean, you, it, three weeks long, man, you got to be, you got to be careful. Yeah, is there a moment where you remember, like during a race, where you wanted to push but you had to back down? Like, there's is there moments where you like you're managing because your I body? didn't have it. Well, yeah, where you feel like I just this is not a smart yeah. thing to yeah. go. Yeah, and and, you and wanna... now and you know now you can. I mean, when we raced, you know, <clears throat> well, in the old days, people just trained and they they thought, well, I'm going to go hard today and I'm going to go easy tomorrow. Right, and then it came. The heart rate monitor and they you know followed their heart rate and they man you know they managed their training and racing through that and then came the power meters and then so now there's all these you know there there are these devices where you can really monitor all that stuff and so you're out there you're not just sort of driving around blind i mean you actually can see what you're doing and you and that makes managing that effort a lot easier what is it, what are the differences in numbers like if you go back to like a hundred years ago? Well, assuming that people weren't using corkscrews and or <coughs> corks and fishing line and whatever Hopping other ways they were cheating, yeah. Like what what is like a, a realistic difference between the, the early days of winning and well, you today? Just, you have to look at modern cycling. I mean, you have to look at when when you know the bike basically got to the you know the bikes and the wheels and these things got to where they are today. And um, you know the, they're 
uh, I mean, they're fast now. I mean, these guys are fast. And that's, you know, two things have happened. Number one, my story uh, got exposed. And so then people question everybody, whether it's Chris Froome, who won the Tour de France this year, or somebody that wins the World Championships, they question them because of me. And then they say, well, okay, well, you know, he's dirty, seems like everybody's dirty, so you must be dirty. And then they go to the times, right? They look at, they look at, uh, they look at my times in the Tour de France, or they look at the Peloton's times, and they see now that the times are actually either the same or better. So they say, well, then, of course, that, that, that supports my argument that you're dirty. You Does know, it? I, well, if it's fat, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I don't have the answer to that, and, I, and I, you know, I get asked all the time, what's going on now? Or what's, and I said, I have no idea. I mean, I'm so far removed from cycling that I have no earthly idea of what's going on or not going on. But I don't think it's necessarily fair... To, to blame those guys I don't I understand it but um, you know shit I mean you could have these athletes might be a lot better the training might be a lot better I do think technology the bikes the wheels even road surfaces are a lot better and so, is there is there any part of you that's kind of pissed off that there are performance enhancing drugs like if there was nothing and if it just had to be mono a mono same result. You would have the same result. I would have this. Uh, it, it is my belief that that the results would be the same. There would be a few seconds slower, or whatever whatever it would be. It doesn't matter if the overall time's slower. It, what what matters is 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 if you were five minutes ahead of the next guy. That's right. what matters. That's what matters. Um, I, I, that's my belief. But there are others that don't hold that belief. There are others that say no. I mean, doping affects other uh, individuals differently, and. You know, you you wouldn't have you might have won two or you might have won none. Um, well, but, that means that some people weren't doping correctly. It, but look, once you're doping, if you're doping and the other guy's <clears throat> doping better than you, like, well, then you're not doing your job doping. <laughs> you know, you're not being a good competitive doper. No, he's not like Bill. But I mean, that's really what it is, right? <laughs> I mean, doesn't it make sense? Uh, it's it gets complicated, and, and we, we would talk forever, and, and and people would argue with us forever about that. So it's, yeah, but uh, I, you know, they're not here. You know, no. I mean, just oh, my, they are. <laughs> they're listening. <laughs> oh, they're but, here. But my perspective is re is really clear on that. I mean, I think if you have a sport where everybody's, you know, and we were both talking about the the Bill Burr thing that he did on Conan, which is like, yeah, our psychopath is better than your psychopath. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's that's really what it is. You you can't say that. I mean, how could they take away? This is one of the things that drove me the craziest about this. Like, what did they do with the seven years where you won? Where they said you're not the winner anymore? Right. Well, who the fuck won it then? That's. Yeah. And how do you, how do you find the guy who won it? Joe, that's 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 a problem. What's in the record that, books that's, now? It's, it's empty. 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 So that's it's empty for seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's ridiculous. And, I, and look, I, you, you, I agree with you, but you can say that. I cannot say that. All I will say is that I don't. I don't think it's uh, far be it for me to talk about what's fair or not fair. But I don't think it's fair for the sport to leave those empty. I, th I think that's crazy. And, and compare and contrast. So in the tour, you have the yellow jersey, who's the guy who wins. You have the polka dot jersey, who's the, who's technically the best climber. And then you have the green jersey, who's technically the best sprinter. Those seven years were the green jersey was won by Zavel, who, who admitted to having doped all seven of those years. The polka dot jersey was, was, was won by Varenk from France, who admitted to having doped all those years. Those all stand. Everything's still there. That's hilarious. But the yellow jersey has been erased. 
you know, second place, third place, all those places are still there. The years, you know, the years prior to me where somebody was had admitted or was caught, all still there. So there's just an asterisk <clears throat> in first place. If you go to Wikipedia, it's just there's just a line through it. <sighs> yeah, that's so strange. So it, it that's the word, man. It's strange. It's very strange, and it's strange for me, and, I, and, it, and it makes me it makes me sad because. Um, uh, I mean, look, I'm going to be honest. I believe I won the races. Um, and I think. Well, my, no, you did win the races. Well, no, you won the races. The, the, Whether, pe if the, you look, pe it's just, the people it's... to ask are the ones that got beat. Yeah. So if you ask them, right? If you ask Jan, if you ask Zula, if you ask uh, Below, if you ask any of them, they say he won those bike races. And so, man, it. it, it <clears throat> do you still I, have those yellow jerseys in your house or I do you do. have to give them back? No. Good. Fuck them. She put up well, an Instagram picture of him every day. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, yeah. I, I'm not going to put that picture up again. But the, <laughs> that was a great picture, though, of you chilling on the couch with seven yellow jerseys I, on your wall. I got, I got nuked for that one. Well, you're going to get nuked no matter what you do. Yeah. Look, but, the, I, but I, 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 look, I mean, they're up. Yeah, they're up, and uh, and and I'm proud of them. I really am, and I'm proud of, and that's the thing too, is that as weird as it is and as strange as it is that there's just a line through those years as if they did not happen yeah um man i i had a, i was paid to do a job right as messy as the job was whatever i was paid to do it and i did it uh and i wanted to win i wanted to capture those memories for myself and for my teammates and you can't nobody can take those away from me i still hold those memories to myself and um yeah it's 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 had a complicated ending but um you know, I still view those as victories, and I still view those memories as good. The carrying around the lie and being interrogated and questioned, and was that the hardest part about all of it? You know, I was I was only interrogated or questioned with the press, and and even, um, you know, God, if it would have been in this day and age with 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 Twitter and Facebook and social media and. Uh, it would have it would have been a thousand times worse. I mean, this was, you know, I mean, this was in the in the late '90s. I mean, think about that. That was a long time ago, and so the level of scrutiny, while it was high, wasn't nearly as high as it would have been today. Um, but yeah, I mean, once you dig in, you know, with these with these guys, you're you're stuck. So. Once you finally came clean, I mean, obviously there was a lot of blowback, but was there also a relief? Um, it, not not immediately, not immediately. I mean, I I, uh, I get asked that a lot, and I think people um, people people expect me to say, well, you know, it was just this, it was this this huge relief off your shoulders when you when you talk to Oprah or you or whatever you did that that you can now move forward and live the life of an honest man and et cetera, et cetera. But it, it's taken me. Let me just sum it up. I mean, sitting here today having this conversation. I would much prefer to have this conversation than the one where I would have lied to your fucking face 15 times 10 years ago. I'd, I'd much rather us right. talk like this. Yeah. So that's that's a relief. Um, but it but it you know it's not like I walked out of sitting with Oprah and was like, oh my god, I feel amazing. <laughs> I mean, that was that was an ass whipping. And, yeah. and uh, so, was it like sitting there with Oprah? She's asking, she's drilling you, asking yeah. you questions. How about that start? She came out hot. Yeah, she came out hot. hot. Yes or no? <laughs> yes or no. She only wanted yes or no. Yeah. I That's thought, it. I thought, you know, 
I thought she did a good job. She did a great job. I thought she did a good job. I thought it was uh, very compelling. Yep. Because the way she structured the beginning part of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. if you're going to do something like that on television, you want to capture people and keep them there. Yeah. You kind of have to approach it that way. I, I thought she did a good job. I, I I don't. I know that it wasn't well received. And I and I. I in, in what way? You mean people didn't like you afterwards in that way? It yeah. Wasn't well, received. well I, I, th I think there's two things. Number one, I I wasn't emotionally ready to do that interview i wasn't uh i wasn't in a place where uh, i think that i sit today where it's it, it's it is a position of contrition and understanding the tremendous sense of betrayal that's out there like I, I, my perception of that today is much sharper than it was three years ago when i sat with her the feds and other lawsuits forced my hand i had to sit there with that because i knew i was going to be sitting with her or with you or with Tom Brokaw, or I was going to be sitting with a government lawyer, being deposed, being videoed, and being leaked. So I said, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to find the place that I'd rather sit down and talk about this, as opposed to a grainy video that the government leaks to the world. And that's your coming out party. So I, I did that. But the, the thing about Oprah is, is, aside from me just not being ready uh, at the time to do it, you know, people sensed that. But most importantly, for the diehard cycling fans and sports fans, I didn't say enough. You didn't name names. You didn't, you didn't call anybody out. It wasn't detailed enough. You're holding back. You're protecting people. That's what they said. That's a very small percentage of the population. For the majority of the population, those first five minutes was way too much information. They were like, what the fuck did I just hear? Like blood bags, EPO, testosterone? transfusions, cheating. It was way too much. So you had people that were one camp, a smaller camp said, he didn't say enough. He's, he's holding back here. The other camp was like, all right, that's, that's more than I needed to hear. And so everybody was pissed. But I don't know why they would think it's too much. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't understand that logic because it is reality. Dude, you're a grandma in Duluth. Right. And, and you, and you supported the cancer survivor. Santa for, Claus isn't real. Yeah, and, and you hear that. I yeah. mean, you're sitting there going, uh-uh, I don't, I don't like anything about this. So, yeah, the, uh, uh, so I see because they were also supporting mm -hmm. Livestrong. Yeah. Or also the, supporting or the cancer story. Yeah. How much of an effect did it have, like, almost immediately on your foundation? I don't know. Because I was asked to leave the foundation before that, and, so, and I haven't been back. So I, I don't know, and I'm not, and I don't ask. Is it still around? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it must have taken a devastating I, hit. I think so. I mean, it, it takes a hit in terms of, uh, obviously, in terms of fundraising, which directly leads to its, you know, its uh, effectiveness in terms of helping create change for cancer survivors all around the world. You need to raise money in order to do that. Um, staff layoffs, uh, I mean, you name it. I mean, it, it's, uh, but but I don't I don't have specifics because... Once I left the board and left the organization, and they legally changed the name, uh, I, mean, I don't know. It, none of it was shocking to me. Um, I mean, I knew, I didn't know, but I knew that mm -hmm. every, I, I have a friend who is a professional cycler, I'll just say his name's John. Cy cyclist. Cyclist, sorry. We're gonna get this right. <laughs> Let me okay, people. We, I'm gonna write it down. Uh, cyclist. Cycling 101. Cyclist. <laughs> yeah. He's a biker. It's like people say, the ultimate fighting challenge, it's a championship. Um, and it, see, I would say that. 
Yeah, the okay. challenge. Okay. It's yeah. okay. My friend John was a professional cyclist. Yeah. And uh, this was uh, 2000, maybe three, mm-hmm. three, four. And um, he told me, he was like, listen, man, we were all, we're all on it. Mm-hmm. He goes, guys would get off the bus in the middle of the night. You'd hear them taking off their bikes and going for a ride because their blood got too thick. <laughs> There are those old stories. Yeah. That's from EPL, right? It, it That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've heard those stories. I, I never I never saw that. But Well, so my friend John, I mean, maybe he was on a crazy team or something like that. But and, back in the day, no, that yeah. went before they. Got it was, dialed in. Well, what they, what happened was, is, is there was no test, right? So right. No, no sport had a test, whether it's cycling or swimming or, or running. Even or even boxing. Or who, whatever yeah. sport is using EPO. They didn't have a test for EPO. And so they. Uh, and with you know one of the side effects of EPO or, or you know or increasing your red cell count is your blood it's it's literally a question of viscosity right so your oil like and your motor oil yeah well that's the only time you ever think of the word viscosity right yeah is your motor oil but more red cells means thicker blood too, if your blood's too thick we know what happens it's not it isn't a good thing and so the sport had to go to they couldn't test for it the the, the science wasn't there yet so they went to these sort of preventative screening methods right so then they started testing the viscosity or the thickness of people's bloods otherwise known as hematocrit right um and and so that would they would use that as a screen anybody above 50 percent hematocrit couldn't race that you weren't positive you didn't get banned but you were put on the side for two weeks as a, as a health measure anyone under 50 percent was fine to race so everybody took that as i mean before that there were people that were 60 64 percent those guys might be getting up in the middle of the night going for a little spin yeah but at 50 you know they deemed that sort of the healthiest level you know but people pushed it right up to 50 then there's and there's some side effects and there's some possible potential health risks as far as like strokes and things along those lines i'm I'm sure did anybody that was on the tour ever drop dead from epo well there's there there was you know, look, there, there. Are, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of documented cases, especially in the '80s, right when EPO, I guess, was first hitting the scene. There was this wave of Dutch cyclists that passed away in, in the night, and you know, in the uh, night, huh? In their sleep, <clears throat> and that's probably when it would happen. Well, right? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't well, do the, I didn't do the autopsy, right. and I, you know, nobody. I don't know if anybody's ever proven that, but that that sort of. Um, I don't want to say that was the myth, but that was uh, that EPO, the drug, took the blame for those deaths. And so it hasn't happened since, and it didn't happen uh, in, in, you know, in our generation, but I don't know. But my point being that it, it, is, it, it can be fairly dangerous. Well, if, well, if your blood, yeah, you can imagine yeah. if it gets too thick, so that, that, that would not be. What, one of the things that it, it didn't, surprised me that when you came clean uh, I was like well good for him that was really what I thought mm-hmm. I was like it's kind of fucked up that he was lying all this time yep. and it's fu- kind of fucked up that he was suing people that yep. were saying that he was telling lies and but one of the things that shocked me the most when I was thinking about it was that you you had recovered from cancer you had one of your testicles removed you had brain surgery yep. you had lung cancer you I mean your your body was ravaged by this and yet you still were taking drugs. Yep. That's that's what got me. I was like, that what a crazy desire to win. Mm-hmm. That you you got to this place where your body was you know, you were on death's door. 
and recover from it and then put yourself back in risk. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, saying it like that, it, 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 there's, no, there's no justifying that other than I was in this sport that, that I really wanted to, to, to be in and stay in. And, I, and after the disease, I wanted to go back to. And it, it, that, was the, that was the landscape. And so you viewed it, you thought, okay, uh, this is not ideal. But you asked the question, what am, am I really, you know, having, knowing my health history, right, with cancer, with all, the, all that I went through, is going back to my sport and taking EPO a risk to that, to that you know, to my, to, to my disease or to my health? Um, and, I, and the answer to that, obviously, my answer to myself was no. You really didn't think that it was a risk to push your body like that and, and to put all these, I mean, <laughs> stuff. They're, you know, they're, 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 in a lot of ways, they're pushing your body in an unnatural right. way or to right. an unnatural level. Right. Testosterone and yep. human growth hormone yep. and EPO and all these. You're, and, you're and, and that's changing. the only, really, and that's the only difference that, that was made was, I mean, I had a, a slight experience with growth hormone before the disease, and then after after the diagnosis and the treatment and the recovery, I said, okay, that 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 does not sound like a good idea because it's too dangerous. Yeah, and, and perhaps in my own fucked up way, I was thinking, well, that would lead to the growth of uh, of tumors of, of you know a malignant cell, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, but I, di- I didn't view those two the same. Plus, I don't I don't think HGH is cycling i don't think it's very effective anyways i think it's a waste did you alter your diet well for sure yeah like but what what changes did you make when you uh when you came back from having cancer man i was and again this is the stuff that we can talk about i talked about forever and you know and, and it's almost sort of mocked now you know because we talked about the change in diet and the increased you know intensity of training and the reconnaissance and the technology and the wind tunnel and we did all of those things and they all worked you know, but it, it, I say they're mocked now because people now know the truth. We all know the truth. And people say, oh, he told us it was all that other bullshit. He told us it was the training. He told us it was his diet. Right. Well, now we know. Mm-hmm. It was just the doping. Um, well, it wasn't, though. It was the it, doping end. That was the, la- that was the final piece. Yeah. Which just was unfortunate. And it was, as we've said numerous times, it's just an, it was unfortunate. And it was inevitable. Um, but that was the, the final piece. And, the, and it was also the piece... That we never talked about, of course. Right, of so, course. Yeah. See, this is the weight you're carrying around. I'm, I'm, what I'm asking you about your diet, I literally didn't know that you had discussed this ad nauseum. Yeah. So you're you're carrying this around. You're always assuming that. Yeah. People you, have heard if you this. look at if you look at me racing in '96 before I was diagnosed, and then you look at me winning the tour in '99. I mean, it's 20 pounds difference. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I went. Man, I had this when I got out of uh, sort of my cancer mission, you know, and, and recovered and took a year and a half away and went back. I view, I, I mean, I viewed racing bikes as life, life and death. I viewed it, I viewed my disease as a, as a competitive event, as a sporting event. It's me versus the opposition looking at the scoreboard, how we doing. And then when I got to, uh, when I got back on the bike, it was, it was, it was like life and death. And so everything was intensified, starving yourself, training your ass off, just being, as you said a minute ago, just being generally fucking totally crazy for for a result, mad, not not mad, but madness. You were starving yourself to be lighter. Yeah. 
Well, that, that's part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I, these poor guys now, I mean, they're, they're a lot skinnier than we were. I mean, this is guys riding five, six hours a day and not eating. I mean, it just, it fucking sucks. How do they do it? You don't eat. Just, 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 <laughs> just deal with it. Just go to bed hungry. Wow. Just yeah. to keep your body weight light. <clears throat> it's all power to weight. I so, wish you were still, I, I wish, I would like to know what the fuck these guys are doing now. I would like to know when, when you see guys with faster times and really ridiculously stringent drug testing. Yeah. Uh, and I, well, <clears throat> anytime I go anywhere near that, I just get, I just get destroyed because, um, I don't know, the, the, the people view it as, as me accusing them. I mean, I've, I've made, cause I get a lot, I got a lot of questions. So I'll tweet back. So I don't ask me, I have no idea. You know, people take that as saying, well, he just, he just blamed them. He just accused them of doing the same shit. And I feel bad for those guys, man. I feel, I feel bad for any top level rider that, that is racing their bike in 2015 and has to answer questions about a guy from 1999. Like if I was winning in 99, <laughs> or what is that? 16 years. If somebody asked me a question about somebody from 1983, I said, what the fuck are you talking about? Don't ask me that question. Like, why are you asking me right. about some dude 20 years ago? Well, I'm here today. So, but it's well. That's the craziest thing about you in the sport. Yeah. Like you're inexorably tied to it. There's no way to pull it away from you. Yeah. Like that scandal was one of the, at least in the United States, yep. was one of the biggest aspects of that sport ever. It's still. I mean, it, it any 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 story that gets written. I mean, saw. So I don't know if you follow track and field or all of the stuff that came out of Ben uh, Johnson. That's well, all that's, everybody that's will talk the old, about. Old, but, yeah. but there's there was just this revelation that came out of international track and field and the Russian Federation and the covers ups there and mm-hmm. all of those stories that get written, whether it's on Deadspin or the New York Times or on Twitter, they all reference this story as well. Yeah. So you get put back, which is, I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but it it just it it brings people back to that, you know, to my history. Yeah, it's like it's baseball and Barry Bonds. It's just they're. They're tied. There's just no way they're gonna. You're gonna separate the two of them together. Yeah, it's it's it, it's got to be a very bizarre thing for those people that are racing. Mm. Ask them. Yeah, you should. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to. You don't want to. Ask Nobody that. knows who they are. Yeah, I mean, That's the most fucked up thing about it. It's like yeah. you're like. I mean, in a way, like Tony Hawk is the only skateboarder I have ever right. heard of. Right. It's the only I mean I'm sure I've met a few other ones, but right. I don't I don't remember their names. Yeah. But Tony Hawk is that guy. Like yep. you think of skateboarding, you think of Tony Hawk. Right. You think of bike racing, you think of Lance Armstrong. Yep. And now that You think of swimming, you think of Michael Phelps. Yeah. There's yeah. just yeah, there's just a few well Greg Lamont is a diver, you think of him I guess. He's kind of a swimmer. There's, but there's no, not Greg a lot Lamont's of names. A, Greg Lamont's no, a cyclist. The, what's the other guy? Greg, Greg uh, Luganus. Luganus. Sorry. Dude. I'm I'm gonna pay attention. <laughs> At least you said cyclist. I did. I'm getting better. <laughs> Greg Lugate, Greg Lamont's probably like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, there's just it's weird when you have a sport that's where the public locks onto one person mm. and they don't know any of the other people in it. Like if it's football, there's like fucking hundreds of guys. With hundreds. Boxing, hundreds of guys. But with cycling, mm-hmm. there's just so few. Yeah. And you carrying the weight of that sport. In the United States yeah. and trying to popularize it and as well as uh, holding on to this lie. Yeah. 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 Don't, yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, that when I hear you say that, I mean, it, 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 it and you may not be defending me, but it sounds as if you're defending me. So I don't. 
I don't necessarily want that. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not defending you. Right. What I'm doing is I'm trying to illuminate reality right. in a pretty objective way. Well, you can, yeah, do that on your next podcast because okay. me sitting here right now, people. It makes are, you uncomfortable? No, it doesn't make me uncomfortable, but I, I, I'm, I'm of the belief that nobody wants to hear that shit. That there's still, I, I, I think people are upset. I know they're upset. Mm -hmm. So. Um, Some people do. I mean, yeah. look, you're, you're going to have people that are upset. I think what we're dealing with when it comes to the Internet is just a gigantic number of people. Yeah. There's too many people to, like, say some people want this, some people. You can't, you can't manage it. Yeah. We're doing hundreds of millions of people who can get on their Facebook or get on their Twitter and just start giving their input right now. And that's never happened before. And when that happens, you're going to be understandably sensitive to the outcome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What was the blowback like? Like when you when you did the Oprah thing and then you just went out into the public, did you just try to lay low for a while? Yeah, I tried to. Well, there was <clears throat> there were several uh, variations of quote unquote blowback. There was just the public's perception. So if I walked down the street, which I have I have to admit it was was better than I expected. Right? People, nobody. It's not as if I left talking with Oprah and I walked out on the street and you know people were throwing shit at me. I mean that just that's never happened could happen one day but it hasn't yet there's the blowback which is the most important part which is the way my kids were treated you know I've got five kids three older ones um, you know I was very concerned with what they heard in the hallways you know what they what they saw on their social media stuff um, you know what what is what does that news do to them that is the most important thing and a real credit to the city of Austin and the schools that they go to and, and our community and their friends and the kids in the school, very little blowback. So that was, for me, that was that was like the biggest relief. Like, people can throw shit at me and say shit all day long, but if my kids were treated roughly, I mean, that would just, that would break your heart, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah, it'd so, be devastating. Yeah, that'd be the by far the worst. So that was, um, that was very fortunate that, that that was not seamless. I mean, there was some stuff. But they managed it, and we managed it, and the community managed it pretty well. And then there was the legal blowback, which was uh, which was pretty nasty. I mean, I, I got you know, as soon as I stepped off the stage with Oprah, call it a stage, um, the lawsuit just piled up. I mean, and, and piled up big. So, and how many of them are still ongoing right now? There's one, just one. One. The federal government the, one. The federal case. And the federal but case. But there were, but there were, <clears throat> and some of them were 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 highly publicized uh and some were not some the the, the problem the team was uh ensuring all of my salaries and all of my bonuses unbeknownst to me and so because they didn't have the money and so when this goes down all of these companies came back and said where's our money and i said well who are you and i said well we're so the team i knew about one situation right the big one the sca case which uh which has been settled since but there were many many others and some were public some were private um, but they all had to get settled. And so we've navigated that landscape, and now we're just down to the postal case, the federal case. And when is that going to be resolved? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. It's, it's been going on a long time. Uh, and, and it came on the heels of a two- or three-year criminal investigation, which you're well aware of, through, through Jeff Nowitzki and through the U.S. Attorney's Office here in Los Angeles. So once that case was closed, th then the civil division picked up the postal case and it's been ongoing for years and and you know we've sort of finished that first phase of litigation and that it'll go to trial maybe a year from now 
I in, in, in Washington, D.C. We, we talked about this very briefly before the podcast. We wanted to kind of save it for the podcast. I don't understand the criminal investigation. I don't understand the allocation of resources towards someone who was bike racing. I feel like in a world where we have bankers that cause this gigantic 2008 financial collapse, mm -hmm. where we have pharmaceutical companies who are making billions of dollars getting people hooked on Oxycontins, when we have crime and murder and yep. all the fucking problems we have in this culture to spend taxpayers dollars on bike racing mm -hmm. a guy who may have cheated or definitely cheated right. in a, a sport where everybody's cheating yep. that seems kind of fucked up well you, you can it's mccarthyism i mean you can have uh first of all cyclists don't have any lobbyists nobody's out protecting us what whatever we did or didn't do in europe 20 years ago the banks do Big Pharma does, et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of a good old boys club that, that we're not a part of. But and, – and we've talked about this offline. I mean when you, when you have a federal agent in, in a guy like Novitsky who's, who's – has made his career with these types of cases, whether it's Balco or Bonds or Marion Jones, um, uh, when you have a guy like that that, that all of a sudden is interested, it, it's going to happen. You know, the, and and when you have the, that you know particular agent or any agent that walks into uh, interview a witness or interview an old teammate with a badge and a gun, they're talking. Yeah, it gets weird, right? Yeah, you, I mean, it's they a don't different just, kind of investigation. Yeah, yeah, it's so. Of course, you. I mean, I know I heard what you said. Of course, I don't think it makes much sense. But I'm. I, I was at. I was in the crosshairs, so people are going to say, "Well, of course you don't think it makes sense." But. Um, Look, I mean, uh, and I and I listened to your to your podcast with with Novitsky and uh, I mean, <laughs> it's just a, uh, there's some bullshit in there. And so, what specifically? Um, you know, I think the idea that that uh, and I and again, I'm not I I'm, I don't work for the government. I don't work for the U.S. Attorney's Office here. But I think the idea that he was brought into the, the investigation. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I, I, I think, um, I, I think, and again, I don't know Jeff, but I think he went. I think he looked for those cases. I mean, he, and and whether or not. And by the way, when you're an agent for the Food and Drug Administration, I, I don't know how. I mean, all of these things have missions. He was, you know, he was an agent for the IRS, and so then that's when Balco and Bond started. I don't, I don't know that doping in baseball is an IRS issue. I don't know that doping and cycling 20 years ago is an issue for the FDA. I mean, they regulate who makes aspirin and who gives you your lettuce and your eggs. And what did that have to do with? But I think he, I think he was opportunistic when it came to uh, these cases, whether it's Barry Bonds or myself. Um, and 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 you know, he, he thrived on that. Well, I think you look at it two ways. In one, on one hand, he certainly capitalizes on these high-profile cases. He certainly goes after them. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, him capitalizing and being the, the rabid investigator that he is, it highlights the issues that are going on. Sure. So the, the, I think the real problem is the allocation of money, like how much money is being spent on these cases. You know, he told me that the Barry Bonds <laughs> case, that they, they only spent like $100,000. I didn't, I, I didn't expect that from, I didn't, question them and I didn't research it right. beforehand. I didn't I didn't know that that was even going to come up. But then once I did research it, it seems like it was a, a fuckload more money than $100,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's that's obviously that's laughable, but 
um, whatever the number was, it, 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 it you know, it wasn't a hundred thousand, but it was, it was probably not as much as what was reported. Um, but Hey, that's, uh, that's the United States of America. Well, that's, that's, what they, that's what they get to do. And also you get a guy like him and that's how these issues get highlighted. I mean, that's why we know about it because he was so aggressive in his tactics. He was so aggressive in chasing down mm -hmm. anybody that he thought was doing these drugs. That's why we know about these cases yep. in, in, in such an extreme detail. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, man, it was, it was, it was, it was, uh, it wasn't pleasant watching that or listening to that podcast. I mean, it, and the fact that, I don't know if you're bullshitting me or not, the fact that he wanted to do the podcast with me. Oh, he did. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> he asked to do it. What, what kind of crazy is that? Well, I think he wanted to find out like how you felt about it, what, what it feels like now, you know, he wants to I mean, it, I mean, he's ongoing. I mean, he works right now doing drug investigations for the UFC. Right. And he's done a fantastic job to the point where, as I was telling you before the podcast, we've seen radical changes in fighters' physiques yep. and their performances. Guys have, like, guys who are world beaters have dropped off substantially. There's the, hmm. the word in the mixed martial arts community, when I talk to fighters, when I talk to trainers, it's had a gigantic impact. Mm -hmm. And they're terrified yep. because they've imposed these very strict... Uh, fines yep. and uh, probationary periods. Yeah, and and as you also said before the podcast, I mean, you have a sport where you know the bigger and stronger you are physically, the more you're pummeling somebody else's head in. Yes, uh, it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's different it's, than it baseball. Different. It is definitely different. I think it's much more. Uh, it, it's much more important. Is the sport just as exciting? It's pretty damn exciting. So it's hard to say if it's just as exciting or not, because I think there's a, a lot of great fighters who are world champions who are clean. Okay. It's just, uh, it's like some of the all-time greats. I mean, there's great guys right now. Frankie Edgar, clean as a whistle. Uh, Chris Weidman, very clean. Rockhold, clean. Who's the new champion in the middleweight division. There's a lot of great fighters that are clean. It's, uh, um, it's hard to tell. But there's a lot of fighters who weren't clean who are fucking awesome. When they weren't clean, Vitor Belfort who uh, went on this wild run for like uh, at 36 years old uh, when he uh, they, they had this is one of the problems one of the big problems with the UFC was that they had legal testosterone replacement for a short period of time right. for a few years and guys were just fucking juice into the tits you know like it was skittles oh they would come back with these hyperhuman levels like they would <laughs> test them and you know, like a normal person in uh, your testosterone level would be like uh, a, a low three, a high eight, <clears throat> 800. Vitor was like 1,475, and he looked like a fucking silverback. Wow. And just hyper aggressive, super confident. That's different. You know, right. that's that's dangerous. Right. And winning and beating guys to, to you know, to a pulp. Right. That's a, it's, that's a different situation. Mm -hmm. It's a... You know, you're not talking about an extreme endurance sport like that. Like that kind of aggression and explosion wouldn't benefit you in cycling because it's such a long endurance race. And also, the the benefit isn't the the, the end result isn't someone someone's health right. doesn't get compromised by it. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that's I don't know that sport that well, and and I don't know what people's feeling are in and amongst the sport. I mean, you just gave a pretty good perspective on it. So. Uh, more power to him there. It's just uh, a, it's messy mm -hmm. to pull it out. It's mm -hmm. messy yeah. because it was so pervasive. It's like if they had figured out, it's if if the tour if half the guys were clean and half the guys were dirty, the Tour de France 
and then they figured out how to pull the drugs out from half, yeah. it would be messy, yeah. right? Because yeah. then it'd be like, okay, well, why, what happened? Why were these guys doing so well? And now they're not. The guys are winning or not winning. Yeah. But if they, the tour seems like it's so pervasive mm-hmm. that if they pulled the drugs out, the same guys would be winning. The times would be slower. Right. But but what happened? What happened was primarily, I guess, through, through Novitsky's investigation, which, which which when was closed, he more or less handed everything to USADA. USADA picked up the investigation, and and then they acted. They gave me the lifetime ban. <clears throat> That left the, like when the world reads that in 2012, it was the summer of 2012, the world reads that, the impression is, or when I do Oprah, for example, which is three or four months later, the impression is that we were hanging a blood bag six months ago. Like it's a current event. It feels, although it had been, it had been seven years before any line had ever been crossed, ever, even during the comeback. So, but it made it current. The comeback made it current for people. Novitsky investigating, uh, getting everybody to speak uh, through his own tactics. Um, it made it a current event when it when it really it really wasn't. It's like it's like uh, I remember sitting there in 2012 thinking, "All right, this shit's going down. This is this is unbelievable. Being in the middle of it, being me, this is unreal." And I thought, you know, <clears throat> and and we're talking about 1999 through 2005, but let's use 99 as, as an example. I remember thinking to myself, who won the Super Bowl in 99? And it was the, the Broncos, and Elway was the MVP. I remember thinking to myself, what if I opened the paper today and, and the NFL has opened a case against John Elway in 2012? I would have read that and gone, this is a joke, right? Is it April Fool's? Like, what the fuck? You, he's not like an old guy who stands on the sideline now. Like, you, so it just, they were able to go way, way back and, and, and sidestep and ignore any sort of due process and statute of limitations and and they made it a current event i'm not i'm not blaming them or defending myself i'm just telling you what happened and uh, you know th- that you know it's not totally well, accurate but well it's because it it, it was so long it, it went on for so long like was, remember they they had that nike commercial when that Nike commercial, when you were doing that Livestrong Nike commercial, and you're, you're riding your bike, and you're talking about people calling you a doper, this is before you had come clean. That was in 2000. Yeah, and you, this, right. is, this is before, you'd never failed any tests, there was not, but you still had to address it in a fucking Nike commercial. Yeah. So this was, this was something that, that was... That, that was ill-advised. Yeah, it seems <laughs> right now, right? But that's, again, I mean, all of this, whether it's agreeing to that commercial or the way you treated it... I needed, you know, somebody in my life to go, I, I, I just read this script and, or this storyboard, and I think that's a real bad idea. Yeah. But, did you have anybody like that in your life? Well, clearly not. But did anybody suggest it? No. No one? But no. But but I was... But uh, isn't that hard, though? Because you're such a fucking winner. You're like, yeah. you're on top but of the world. It, it, Nobody wants to say, hey, man, don't do that. Dude, it's like when you're... When you're in that position, nobody, everybody's saying yes, yes, right. yes, of course. yes. Of That's course. a great idea. Yes, Lance. Yes, absolutely. Right now. Yeah. Yes. It, nobody's sitting there playing the devil's advocate or saying I think that's a bad idea. There's, there, I didn't have that North Star, man. And and again, I'm not the, the, the fucking buck stops with me, man. It, it, I should have been mature enough and worldly enough to go. Bad idea. Let's make another commercial. 
or bad idea, Lance. Let's say something else in the next press conference. But or, it seems like the the weight of it all and the air of it all was so thick that you kind of had to address it all the time because it was being thrown at you all the time. Yeah. I was I peripherally watched cycling peripherally, and I knew about it. Everyone yeah, knew right. about it. But 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 the more defensive I became and the more aggressive I became in the denials. All that does, right, is what it might appease some people or supporters go, eh, did you, I, I heard it in his voice, I, I believe that. But what it really did, especially with the press, was it just, it, it just made the next occasion, the next question, the next episode, even more inevitable. Like it just, it added fuel to that fire. Like, I sh you know, looking back in hindsight, I should have just said, look, I'm not going not gonna to talk about it. Or, or whatever the answer was, but instead of saying, you know, it was literally like, finger in your chest, fuck you, don't ask me that. I mean, that is, <laughs> when you're guilty, that's a real bad approach. Right. And yeah. it's the one that I took, and quite honestly, it, it, it's, you know, probably one of the main reasons that, that we're sitting here today talking about this. Why do you think you took that approach when looking back on it? Because I... Because that is the approach that I took in training and in racing. And even, I mean, these are guys that I raced against that I liked, but I would make up reasons to fucking hate them. Like, I'd read something and be like, <laughs> look at this asshole. Did you read what he's, I mean, he probably didn't even say anything. I'd take it and be like, I can't believe he said, just his fuel, just his mm -hmm. motivation. So that's all fine and good when you're training and you're racing and you're competing. But when you step off the bike, that you have to have that switch to say, okay, that's been done. You won the race. Don't you, we're not going to go treat another human being that way, right? And in, in just a in a professional context or in a press context, you got to turn it off, man. And I couldn't. Like I was, I had my finger in people's chest, on the bike, off the bike, everywhere. And so, my bad, dude. I mean, I I, I didn't have the the ability to turn that off. I mean, it's good to be a competitor. But it's not good to be too competitive. And once you started, once you took that approach, once you started with that approach, did you feel like there was like a weight of momentum behind you, like to dig your heels in and stop it and try a new approach, would be very difficult. Well, yeah. Once once it gets rolling, it's it's tough to tough to, to what, alter. What was it like with the people that you were close to? Uh, obviously, the people that you trained with, mm -hmm. they knew what you were doing. But what about your family and your close friends? How many of them were aware of what was going on? I think, you know, by and large, I don't know. I wouldn't have asked them, and they wouldn't have asked me. I think it was sort of this. So your friends never asked, hey, man, come here. Come I think here, it's more don't they ask, don't They never pulled you aside? Yeah, don't ask, said? don't tell. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because they probably, you know. They probably didn't. They didn't want to know. Do you have close friends outside of cycling? Yes. And they didn't I, ask you. Yeah. Well, no, they didn't. But really? Yeah. I mean, they might also ride bikes, so they're not in the sport. But right. Uh, but yeah, nobody like, sort of sat, you went to saddled dinner up with. at the bar and was like, "Dude, come on." Level really? Up. Yeah. No one. No. Wow. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. If I was your friend, dude, I would have got you, you fucked I, up. I was just going to say. I would have got you drunk. I'm like, come on, dude. We're going on a hike. Joe, you know, Joe, Joe, Joe would be talking about it now. He's like, I, yeah, I remember that time I got him all fucked up. and No, he, no, no. He admitted it. I would have never <laughs> said a word until you came out. Once you came and, out, then and, I would have told him. Until the guy with the badge and the gun showed up. And then you would have said everything. I would have ducked. 
Jeff Nowitzki? Yeah. No, I would have hired some lawyers. I'd be like, you guys sit with me when this guy comes in? Yeah. What's going on? What no, do you want to know? Yeah. About nobody, b- bike racing? Nobody I would have mocked it. Nobody bi- did bike, bike racing? Like a kid's bike? <laughs> you, what, you, you have a gun? Someone stealing bikes? No. They're they killing people with bikes? The fuck's going on with that gun? Yeah. What, um, what happens in these podcasts when, when, when the interviewee has to take a leak? You go take a leak, man. Don't worry what about it. What happens to the podcast? We'll just what pause the, it for a second. What, are, what about the people at home? I'll talk to them. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. You're also here, too. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. Go take a leak. <laughs> it happens all the time. It's no big deal. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all the time. Don't, don't sweat right. it. Well, I'm going to go take a go leak. Go take a leak. Please do. <laughs> it's one thing about athletes. They drink fuckloads of water. That's Lance is here. Pounded. Uh, he's hung over, too. He has a very specific schedule, he told me. He drinks two cups of coffee in the morning, then he takes a shit, then he drinks water all day, and then he waits until about five, about five, and then he starts drinking. <laughs> That's a good drug. I was going to ask him about marijuana, because if he smoked marijuana and he was holding in all those lies, that shit would fuck with you. Like, I'll smoke some weed, and uh, I'll think about a lie I told in high school, and it'll fuck with me. <laughs> It really will. I'll think about some shit that I did in high school and it'll make me go, oh, why the fuck did I say that? Like, it, it, ne- that's the one of the crazy things about marijuana. It never lets you forget. It'll bring those things up that you're trying to hide. But alcohol, alcohol's like, ah, don't worry about it, pussy. Alcohol is the best drug if you're trying to hold back a lie. Just throw that down. And, you know, as soon as you can't walk straight, you're thinking about that. As soon as you're, you know, you're, you're thinking about the song that's playing, you're thinking about your whatever. You're thinking about other things. It's a good, it's a good close your focus drug, whereas pot is the opposite. Pot is a uh, open your focus. This is fascinating, though, isn't it, Jamie? You forget you have a secret. Yeah, you forget. You don't give a fuck about your secrets. I mean, that's why people make horrible sexual decisions when they're drunk. You know, I mean, it's also why people think that people that are drunk shouldn't, you shouldn't have sex with someone who's drunk, even if you're drunk. I mean, that's why they, the crazy feminists try to say that that's rape. You know, that if a man and woman have sex and they're drunk, it's rape. Well, they, they say it because you're obviously not exactly of sound. I mean, it depends on how drunk you are, right? Yeah. But at a certain level, you're certainly impaired and you can't make good decisions. I think it's funny, though, that a guy who's just such a, an athlete, lifelong athlete, Pounds the hooch like that. I'll ask him how often does it. We were talking about uh, <coughs> marijuana and whether or not uh, you used marijuana while you were uh, <laughs> holding back all those lies and how it would fuck with you. Because when I was, a, I'll think I'll get high and I'll think about some shit I lied about in high school and I'm gonna go like, oh, you know, <laughs> paranoia and it'll illuminate areas of your life that you're trying to uh, avoid. Hmm. Hmm. The economy of all this is a a fascinating aspect of it because um, there were a lot of people that were making money off of you racing. Mm. A lot of people. There was a gigantic industry. Mm. And for them to pretend that they didn't know what I knew as a fucking comedian who, again, peripherally watched cycling. You know, I'd watch you win and I'd be like, damn, that motherfucker won again? Damn. That's it, you know? I mean, I, I never raced, yeah. raced bikes. I never rode bikes. So for me, and I knew, you know, I'm like, how the fuck does the U.S. post office not know? How the fuck does Nike not know? How the fuck does... They know. They know. They know. They can pretend they don't know, but they know. Mm-hmm. If, they didn't, if they didn't know, then they're irresponsible. Mm. That's irresponsible. 
but they kind of knew and they just said it's all right we're getting away with it we're yeah. getting away with it but then once the shit came down then right. they all wanted their money back yeah well That's a weird aspect. You can't talk too much about this, right? right? That one, yeah. that one gets sensitive. For well, the, me. the or, post or, office or one, tricky. The Definitely post office like. one. I know you can't talk about it, but can you talk about this? Is this is a reality? When you are accused of defrauding the federal government, mm -hmm. which is what they're saying, because you were riding for the U.S. post office, that was the team, <clears> and you won X amount of money during that time, they they can sue you for three times that money. Correct. Right, so they want a hundred million bucks. <laughs> yeah, is that a lot of money? How's that going? That's uh, <clears throat> you know, honestly, uh, it, it, that's it, that's the only active case, so that one does get a little trickier to talk about, yeah. just from a, uh, a I don't want to get right. crushed by my lawyers, but we like our case. We we, we think that. Uh, uh, we're, we're confident in the case. We, we believe that the Postal Service, uh, while none of this story is, is, uh, is perfect, um, we believe that the Postal Service, and, the, and it, their own numbers support it. I mean, the Postal Service commissioned three separate studies to, to analyze the effect of the sponsorship on the team. Uh, we believe they made hundreds of millions of dollars. And, and we know that they were also using the team as a sales vehicle. So coming to the during the tour bringing over potential new clients bringing over new clients they were actually converting their business to the postal service we know that happened and we know that it equaled a significant increase in revenue so <clears throat> we like our case i mean and 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 at this point uh would i like to have all legal issues out of my life yes but settlement's not an option and and so we have to just fall back on what we think is the strength of the case does that if they made a ton of money while you were being dishonest does that exonerate you from owing the money like how does that work well i'm not a lawyer but right. my view of of, of a, it's called a key tam case which is a false claims case my view is is or, and i think is one that that our side shares is it's about damages right mm -hmm. what was the postal service damaged right and what can we prove to be the damages and, uh, you know, if there are no damages, then uh, I would like to think that there's no case. But it, it's, <clears throat> it is what it is. The, the, the federal government is interested in, the Department of Justice is interested in the case. Uh, and, we, and I have no choice but to fight it. Uh, I, don't, I don't have, after, the, you know, the dozen previous lawsuits, I'm not in a position to, to really cut any more checks. And so uh, I'm in a position where I have to go. Uh, I have to go fight this one out. How do you get by financially now? Um, <laughs> well, the the first thing that that I did was was, <clears throat> and I and I saw this coming. Knew this was going to happen. Is life was big. I mean, we had three houses. We had a jet. I mean, we had the whole. So you just take that burn rate way down. So you just your your overhead goes way down. And you know the the crazy thing is is. If you'd have told me before, like, you're going to go sell a bunch of shit and sell your plane, I'd be like, dude, that is, life is going to suck. Was so that a plane? <laughs> well, well <clears throat> just, you know, the house in Hawaii. I, I'm, right. I, this is, I'm not trying, I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you the, what really happened. And But I would have thought, man, that life is going to be terrible. As you take it down and you live a simpler life and you get your burn rate down, 
and you get it manageable, life's exactly the same. Like, I don't know. I mean, the happiness factor is exactly the same. Yeah. Like, well, none of that shit. They've done studies on that. They've done studies on yeah, that. None of that shit. It's more convenient. Yeah. Right. Obviously, getting going direct somewhere and not dealing with a terminal and and you know fucking TSA. Obviously, that's different. But it takes a little more time. You know, around more people. But I'm just as happy as I was. Yeah, they've done studies on people that actually complicate their lives with more success, yeah. more houses, more things, and it actually makes you more tense. It gives you more to think about. Well, you gotta. Yeah. I mean. It, you got to keep, you know, you have to feed that beast. Yeah. And so you, you get a little bit of the dog chasing the tail going on. And, um, you know, life life was moving real, real fast for me then. And it moves a lot slower now, um, which I don't, I don't, I don't, it might be a little slow for my taste right now, but I don't, I didn't like it when it was that fast. So you cut back on all the expenses mm -hmm. and what do you, do you, do you earn money now? Like, what do you do to earn money? You know, occasionally. So I'll, I'll, I'll I still speak. And, and sometimes uh, I'm paid to speak. Um, and then there are just other, other appearances. I, I mean, I still have some investments that, that uh, you know, that help sort of ease that pain. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, and who knows what the future holds. I don't know what, what, if that stuff dries up forever or comes back or who knows. What is it like to sit while this is all going on and watching the economy of this story grow and develop? Mm -hmm. Because it's not, it, it wasn't just the, the lawsuits. There's also, there's books, there's documentaries, there's all these television shows, it's all its focus. There's ad revenue coming from those shows. There's all these people that are dedicating all this time, like their careers become, a, a, a big part of their careers become telling the Lance Armstrong mm -hmm. story. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a small industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there was the industries that benefited on the way up, and I was one of those industries. There were the sponsor. I mean, you look at Trek Bicycles, for example. I mean, before the first tour, I think we did 125 million in sales. They do a billion now. So, yeah, that's a big difference. Um, so you have those sort of industries. But then, you know, on the way down, so those are all people are making money on the way up. And then on the way down, uh, it's, I think it's, it did happen, but it's probably normal and natural that people capitalize on, on the way down. I mean, look at Bill Clinton. I mean, as he's yeah. going through everything he went through, believe me, there were plenty of people going, all right, now it's my turn to make yeah. some money. And fair play. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. And, uh, you know, some people may think that's, that's BS, but shit. I mean, everybody was hopping on, uh, on the way down. Well, they have to, right? Yeah. I mean, it is a, it is a gigantic story. Now, your your friends didn't know what you were doing mm -hmm. when it came out. How many of them had a hard time with it? How many of them were cool with it? Like, what was it like? You know, it's yeah. Some, I mean, obviously the people we, you know, the, the sponsors fled. Right. right. Did any R of them stay? No. None. No, How many none. did you have at a time? Maybe ten. But they have to leave, right? right. I mean, like some of them right. are publicly traded companies, so they have concerns about that. Some mm -hmm. of them are just covering their ass, whatever. They, they, but they're all gone. Um, and friends are interesting. I mean, you have, uh, I mean, just use the foundation as an, as an example, right? I mean, the, the, I was on the board. I was the chairman of the board. I was the founder. The board was my friends. But these are the friends that say, okay, you're out. And so I get it that, that there might be a strategic reason for that. But then when you never hear from these, then all of a sudden these people disappear from your life. I mean, the way I sum it up is, is 
anytime anybody goes through anything, and I don't know if you've had some heavy shit in your life, but when you're going through it, people either lean in or they lean out. And so, some people lean out, which means they run away, and you're surprised by that. And you're like, what the fuck? I mean, that guy was at every champagne party we threw in Paris. And, right. And now he's like, <laughs> I haven't heard from the dude in three years. Like, that's strange. Right. Um, but he probably has his own motive, either covering his own ass, or maybe he's one of these people that has a tremendous sense of betrayal and is just so pissed still and hurt. We have to, I mean, I have to be receptive to that. Um, but then there are the ones who lean in, right? And, and most of those people don't surprise you. But then there are others that lean in and they surprise you like, wow. I didn't, I didn't know you had my back like that. And so you get surprised on both sides. And, and at the end of it all, dude, you look around and you're like, all right, this, this, if, if these people are here, these, these are the people that are going to ride anything out with me, which is, is kind of cool and refreshing for me to, to, to really know, right? If you're, if, if, you're, if, you're in the, if you're loading up a bus with all your most loyal, closest friends, I fucking know who's on that bus now. Yeah, right? you at know this, now. On, at this point. And and for twenty years, you know, there was just a bunch of chumps that 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 were on that bus, but you know, as soon as as soon as the the, the somebody changed the music, they hopped off. And so, um, it, t- it takes adversity, yeah, to illuminate that. There's, there's no other way. And until you test them, you really don't know. <laughs> yeah, adversity. I remember this is a funny question. We were this is a postal thing, but we were once. I was at a. I don't remember the postmaster general's name, his name at the time, but we, we did a, this is totally unrelated, but you said adversity, so it reminded me. He was introducing me at this thing, and he wanted to say, you know, introducing me, he's going to overcome great adversity. He says, here's Lance, he's, he's overcome great diversity. <laughs> and I remember thinking, Jesus, white kid from Plano. <laughs> I didn't overcome shit when it came to diversity. Diversity. <laughs> Whoops. Mm-hmm. Um, raising kids. Yep. Uh, we both have children, and uh, obviously, when you're raising a kid, you're teaching them about life. You're trying to set an example. Yep. Um, did you have to sit them down and explain what was going on? Um, How old were your youngest <clears throat> at the time? Oh, and t- uh, the youngest were one and two. Whoa. Yeah, but so they, you didn't have to explain. So I've got I have three kids with my ex wife Kristen, mm-hmm. and 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 Luke is now sixteen, and twin girls that are fourteen, and then I have a six and a five year old with Anna. Um, and by the way, all you know, it's the craziest blended family you've ever seen. Like those five kids are five siblings. It's it's the most beautiful thing. And Anna and Kristen are like sisters. I mean, it's I got a great situation. That's awesome. Awesome, awesome. Takes a lot of work, but. Um, or took a lot of work to get to this place, but it's awesome. And Kristen, to her credit, uh, was who I was married to during this this ugly period, um, and who you know would obviously uh, would have known everything. Um, has been great. Whether it's whether it's conversations she's had with our older children while they're at her house, or just just helping massage this thing. But I'm still sitting down with my kids. I mean, our whole you know I go to therapy. Anna goes. We all go. I mean, the kids go. We. So we still sit down and just kind of work this out, dude. This is, is, is not – this is a complicated thing. And, and, <clears throat> and the crazy thing is my older kids have kind of gotten through it. The six- and the five-year-old will come into it, right? I mean, yeah. the, the Internet and, and, you know, fucking Google, Wikipedia, you name it, 
they're going to, they will, they will grow into this. Like at some point, my six-year-old boy, who's a, just a fanatical athlete and everything is sports and sports and sports. I mean, I mean, I hear his, him and his friends talk about Tom Brady and one of his friends is like, oh, he's a cheater. My son loves Tom Brady. He's like, oh, he's a cheater. I'm like, it ain't going to be long before Max Armstrong is at school and some kid in another class goes, isn't your dad that cheater? Like, he's going to be like, what? Like, he, he doesn't know that, but he, so he's going to grow into that. So that conversation will then be had at that time. It's tough to have it with a six-year-old today. But so I know that's coming, right? And so, but I have the experience of having dealt with it with a 16-year-old boy who at the time was 13 um, and, and still dealing with it with those guys. And, you know, so far, I mean, I think we've been super proactive. Probably, you know, Anna and Kristen probably think I should have been more proactive. But um, I think it's an, I think that's in a good spot. So you have group therapy sessions where you just discuss? So I've sat with, with all three kids, the older kids, you know, and it's just sort of free for all. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and they had no idea until the scandal broke. Yep. And what, what was their reaction? Um, <clears throat> you know, the girls were, they were nine. So they were still, they were young. I mean, a nine-year-old girl, they really didn't have a reaction. Luke was, was a, uh, you know, was a 13-year-old a boy. No, so they were 11. So Luke was 13, they were 11. They still sort of were immune to it. You know, he, he was, I mean, he watched, when he watched Oprah, because it aired three or four days later, I had sort of fled to Hawaii I mean, he called me because I talked about Luke on 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 her show um, with the whole idea that I know he's defending me at school. I mean, I, there was enough smoke that people were going, dude, your dad's a doper, et cetera. And he, and he was defending me. And my point to Oprah was that at this point, I get to say to Luke, stop defending me. You don't need to defend me anymore. Right. It's true. And so he watched that, which is probably a heavy moment for for him. It would have been awful watching it with him. Um but he called me and said, I, I understand, and, and I love you. and and uh, But we still, I mean, that was three years ago. We still have to talk about these things, man. It, it <laughs> How often? Not, not often. Not but it often. still occasionally comes up, especially if you're talking about the importance of being honest and truthful yeah. and, and having character. Yeah. And he's an athlete. I mean, look, I mean, I, I, uh, that's the only thing that I will, I mean, I will say. I mean, I don't want... Uh, ideal. And he's, my son's huge, six six three, two hundred thirty pounds. Plays offensive line. Like, well, you, that's good. That is not good. too many people would be fucking with him. <laughs> he, yeah, he's he's. He, I think he's good there, but he's also a real sweet guy. Like, he's not he's not a, he's not in anybody's face. Um, but I don't want him to uh, say his football passion or, or career, what, call it what you will, ends up you know at a high level. I mean, I don't want him in a messy spot where he's got to make tough choices. Right. In fact, I don't want that at all. And football is a sport where you have to make tough choices. I mean, I'm not a football player, but I can. Yeah, I have. I can I, imagine. I have friends that are. Yeah, I, I mean, can imagine. Yeah, that's. I mean, and it's also open, and it's also brought up by coaches, and mm -hmm. it's also brought up by trainers. I mean, it's just uh, it's a part of the game as much as I'm sure it is in cycling. Yeah. That had to be just it's just had to like be chewing you apart when you know that your kid's defending you and you know it's going to come out. And you know he's having these conversations at school and he's like my dad's not a cheater. Yeah. Well, we didn't know it was going to come out. 
I mean, even even when Novitsky was investigating, I mean, that, that, that case went away, right? So we thought at that point, maybe we're done, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 and it didn't. I mean, USADA picked up uh, the investigation and then, uh, uh, you know, based on all his work, they picked it up and then it came out. But, man, it, fucking, it happened fast. Like, it, it was seemingly, like, instantaneous, man. It, being Did it surprise it, you? Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I guess it's, yeah, it, it surprised me, but shit, anybody would have been surprised, I suppose. And it was just surreal, you know, the way, uh, it, it all came out and, uh, and, and, and the method at which they sort of advertised the, the findings, you know, it was, it was. And there was a whole strategy, to their credit. I mean, it, there was a strategy on their end. So let's let's take Novitsky's work. Let's do some additional investigations. Let's package it in with something they called the reason decision, and then let's go out and talk about it all over the place. Like that 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 was kind of unbelievable to me. Why do you think they spent so much time and resources going after you, um, as opposed to all the other people who've won? Be, well, because they they needed a landmark case. They, the, the, I think there's plenty of people that that, and I'm and I, I'm just guessing. I'm not. This is not based on any proof. And and I've had conversations with Usada. I mean, I think we're still getting to the point where we can do stuff together or have a conversation. So I'm not trying to criticize them. I mean, I think there 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 ought to be a place for them. But I think there's also realistic. I mean, in reality, there are there are people that think they're ineffective. They think they spend 10 or 20 or 50, whatever the number is, millions of dollars a year, <clears throat> and they don't catch anybody, right? I mean, if, right. You, if you look at the amount of positives, it must be, you know, less than 1%. Well, if I told you, well, the, Joe, we're all good, man. It's less than 1% testing positive. You would, you would right. You'd think that. Right. Yeah. So they needed, they needed a landmark case to say, no, we are effective, and here it is. <clears throat> Um, and I think also from a legal perspective, it sets some legal precedents for them that, that they can use going forward in other cases with future, future cases. But, uh, and then you add in, uh, just a ginormous story that was guaranteed, uh, to get a lot of press, but it still pains me to, to, to look, I know what went on. We all know what went on, but I, I can't take, uh, when when I hear that that this program or this particular athlete being me was the greatest fraud in the history of sport, you know I I, I can't. That's just not true, right? And then when you hear that our the the our team's doping program was the most sophisticated program in the history of sport, well we also know that's not true, right? Um, so th- those are, and then and then the final one was which is really, I think bothered a lot of people that that this person being me forced young impressionable young men to put dangerous substances into their body right that just is not true and uh but if i heard somebody if somebody said that about one of my fr- my son's friends I, I would be pissed off too like i'd be like dude screw that guy right <clears throat> but it, it we all made our own choices we were all grown men uh they were bad choices right some most would say we would say um, but but there was no forcing to do that. What is it like now? Like in uh, I mean I don't want to get too personal, but your personal life, like p- 
people value honesty. It's one of the most important things in friends and in, yep. in <clears throat> lovers. When you have this thing where you're on video over and over and over and over and over and over again being deceptive, over and over again yep. defending yourself, when you, it's, and then you come out and say it's all a lie. And so this right. is like <clears throat> database yep. of lying. Like, what is it like? Like trying to get people to trust you, right? Hey, man, that's <clears throat> this is what uh, this is what, what I talked about in the beginning. Is that 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 road is a is is ne that will be never that uh, that is a never ending path. I will be walking that walk the rest of my life. And, and there are a lot of people that'll say, "Uh, uh, I'm never trusting this guy ever again. I don't care. I don't care how apologetic or contrite he is. I'm done." Um, but that's that's the, the the key is that I have to be committed to that path, right? And so I can walk that walk and uh, and and take each case individually and one on one. Um, but talk about endurance. I mean, we've talked about endurance. That will be the longest the longest walk or the longest journey of my life. Do you have a, a code that you follow now? I mean, have you imposed like a, a stringent set of rules on yourself where like you know like because of this history you can't lie about anything ever mm -hmm. no i mean i haven't thought i mean i i guess the answer is no because i haven't there's not been a you know sort of a new mission statement or sort of this key but but i mean life was pretty transparent anyways before that but i mean there was obviously there was the huge deception um but it's not as if you know there's anything crazy out there other, right. outside of that right yeah but i mean you know um it's just that's a a, a big thing with people mm -hmm. you know to, to be able to trust their friends or yep. be able to trust their boyfriend or girlfriend yep. you know yep for sure what what is life like for lance armstrong now like is uh, is everything calmed down to the point where the stress is minimized <laughs> except for the lawsuit uh yeah it's it's as i said a sec a second ago it's just simple man i, I mean I, I i still i love to work out you know so I, I train every day i think that's what do you do i i primarily run and then i'll do a little bit of gym work and then uh, i'll ride occasionally although very rarely very rarely get on a bike um and why is that i just it takes too much time and <laughs> it's just it takes too much time I mean, you could run for an hour. Oh, I see. If you do a hard run for an hour, you got to go ride for three hours. Right. So that's two more hours that you, plus you got to get all the shit on and go out and deal right. with traffic. And but does it psychologically fuck with you when you get on a bike? It's a, it's, I mean, I, the, I have some bitterness there towards <clears throat> what we've talked about, primarily mm -hmm. in and around the economy of it, how it was. Right. And now everybody's like, no, 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 we're out. Or we don't. Right. We're going to, you know, so that's, that's, but that's. That's on me. I got to work that out, and that's not that's not their fault. That's that's my fault. So there's some of that, and it's nice to do. I love to run. I mean, I grew up. I ran before I rode, so it's it's nice to go into something where I can still get. I mean, I view working out. You probably view it the same way. It's almost like a therapy. Like you're in there, you're suffering, you're just working shit out, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what that's what I do when I um, when I work out and or go for a long run. So I do that. Um, I joke. I mean, we have. You know, we have five kids. They're in four different schools, so it's I'm like an Uber driver for my kids. Traffic in Austin is not like L.A., but it's bad now. It's getting bad now, dude. And so all I do is it's like weird. drive my kids around. 
Too many people talk about how great Austin is. That's what happened. Right. Well, the, but they didn't build that city 50 years ago to accommodate 2 million people. No. Right? And then uh, I, play, I play a lot of golf, which is why we're going to end this podcast. Well, that's why I can go play. <laughs> okay. Play Riviera today, man. Don't, don't mess with my tea time. I don't, I don't want to mess with your tea time. Uh, I appreciate your time very much, man. I but, appreciate uh, you doing are we, this. We're already done? We can keep going. Want to keep going? <laughs> I don't know if Higgs is here yet. Did I'm, he, I'm did, sure he's here. Did uh, he? Someone's calling me. No, it's not him. But, um, uh, and then you got the Hunter book. We got to talk a little bit about Hunter. Yeah, definitely. You, I, did, I didn't know you were a fan until I saw your, maybe Bill Burr retweeted, maybe your tweet that said, if anybody, if there's one person that's dead that, that you know, that I could meet today or was alive, it would be Hunter. Yeah, it was a Instagram post that right. I made about one of his incredible quotes about, um, it was about heroes. And it was, uh, it was particularly poignant about, uh, it was after Ronda Rousey got knocked out yep. that I, I posted it, that people, they, they love the idea of someone who is a, like a superhuman person, like mm -hmm. someone who's a legend, someone who, who can defy the odds because it gives them hope in this crazy world right. of boredom and cubicles. And I mean, I'm, I'm doing a shitty job of paraphrasing it, right. but it's a fantastic quote. Yep. And then you got a hold of me about it and uh, had that incredible book sent to me when yep. uh, Hunter was running for sheriff of Aspen. Yep, yep. So he, yeah, he, he just, you know, he kind of ruled the valley. I mean, he lived down in Woody Creek, but but the whole um, the whole valley was, the Roaring Fork Valley was kind of his domain, man. He was just, and his best friend was, was our longtime sheriff. He was the sheriff for 26 years, Bob Browdis, who's a great friend of mine. Uh, his undersheriff is probably my best bud there, a guy named, by the name of Joe DeSalvo. So how a kid from Brooklyn ends up in Aspen is now the sheriff. He's on his second term. So... Joey and Bob were, were Hunter's best buddies. So, I mean, fucking crazy stories. And I, and, I, and not to toot my own horn, but and Bob is, is the sweetest guy. He was he's the guy that was sheriff for 26 years. He says to me one day, he says, he calls me champ, which is also funny. He says, champ, he says, uh, did you ever meet Hunter? And I said, no, I never met him. And he pauses for a long time and he goes, man, he would have loved you. <laughs> and I was, I took that. I was like, "Fucking hey, that is a compliment right there." Like, that is a compliment. I mean, Hunter was 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 nuts and in a lot of ways. But I know, I mean, he had such a diverse group of friends. Whether it's it's whether it was our sheriff or whether it was Lyle Lovett or whether it was Johnny Depp or whether it was Doug Brinkley. I mean, just just this diverse group of fucking artists and thinkers and lawmen and and druggies and dude, gnarly. I mean, he'd go out to the. The shit they did was just. I probably can't even talk about it. I'm sure you can. He's dead. It's fine. <laughs> no, but some of the people are still alive. <laughs> oh, still alive. <laughs> well, we were talking before the podcast about his ritual, his uh, before he would write. So, like, uh, yeah, superhuman. So I, so you read that, and if for, for those listening, you just Google, you know, Hunter Thompson's Daily Regime, and you'll, it'll come up. I think Esquire wrote it. And the shit starts at like what is he? He wakes up at like three in the afternoon, right? right. And it, just you got to go read it. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. So I thought. This is so unreal, it ain't true. So I called Joey, our sheriff, and I said, dude, have you seen this? And he says, yeah. I said, Th that's not real. You know what he said? He said, that isn't enough. <laughs> he said, that's light. <laughs> Can you believe? Go read it, people, and, and then imagine that that, that that didn't quite get there. Well, Jamie, why don't you find it? Because it's, it's kind of hilarious. We could actually read it on the air. Dude. Yeah, he... Um he had a strong tolerance for substances and he 
I don't think he ever went without. I mean, it's just he wasn't interested. No, no. Yeah, I mean that was that was the life that he was interested in. Yeah. He was interested in just getting fucked up and having a great time and and writing about shit and pontificating on the demise of civilization. Yeah, but it but you know I don't know if that's what caught up to him, but. It definitely did. Yeah, I mean, I mean how you, could you... Did you ever uh, see the uh, late appearances? I, I have a really hard time watching his later appearances. Like, yeah. he would do, like, the Conan O'Brien show, and you couldn't understand a word he was saying. Like, here, you can see it right here. <laughs> <laughs> 3 p.m. rise, 3, 3.05, Shivers Riga with morning papers, Dunhills, 3.45, cocaine, 3.50, another glass of Shivers, another Dunhill, uh, four or five, four, first cup of coffee. Remind, reminder, this is PM. <laughs> yes, <First> PM. <laughs> 415, cocaine. 416, orange juice, Dunhill. 430, cocaine. 454, cocaine. 505, cocaine. 511, coffee, Dunhills. 530, more ice in the Shivas. 545, cocaine, etc., etc. 6 p.m., grass to take the edge off wow. the day. <laughs> the three hours he's been awake have been stressful. Sick. 7 o'clock, Woody Creek Tavern for lunch with uh, Heineken, two margaritas, coleslaw, uh, taco salad, double order, fried onion rings, carrot cake, ice cream, a bean fritter, Dunhills, another Heineken, cocaine, and for the ride home, a snow cone, a glass of shredded ice over uh, which is poured three or four jiggers of uh, Chivas. God damn it. Nine, start snoting cocaine seriously. Oh, oh, now, now it got serious. <laughs> Ten, drops acid. Eleven, chartreuse, cocaine, grass. 11.30, cocaine, etc., etc. Midnight, Hunter S. Thompson is ready to write. That is... <laughs> and then it keeps going on. 12.05 to 6 a.m., chartreuse, cocaine, grass, shivers, coffee, Heineken, clove cigarettes, grapefruit, Dunhills, orange juice, gin... Continuous pornographic movies. <laughs> Six in the hot tub, champagne, Dove bars, fettuccine Alfredo. Alfredo. Eight a.m. Halcyon. Is that how you say it? Yeah, Halcyon. That's, that's sleeping the, pill. That's the first. That was before Ambien. Yeah. Eight twenty. Sleep. Wow. Jesus Christ. So I asked these guys, I asked the sheriffs, I'm like, that, can't, that shit's not real. Yeah, there's the uh, the quote that I put. Myths and legends die hard in America. We love them for the extra dimension they provide, the illusion of near infinite possibility to erase the narrow confines of most men's reality. Weird heroes and mold-breaking champions exist as proof to those who need it that the tyranny of the rat race is not yet final. Yep. I mean, isn't that, that, I mean, that applies to you too, dude. I, I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it applies yeah. to your life. Yeah. I mean, I mean and yeah. that's part of the reason I'm sure why some people are pissed at you. It's yeah. like you were a legend with a caveat. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, the, 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 the story in its totality, right? If you, if I was just a cyclist, we wouldn't be having this conversation, but, but the cancer part of the story, right, is what. You know, everybody relate. Nobody, nobody could relate to cycling. No, right. They got to figure it out. They started to watch it. Like, cool, he won again. Right. The cancer part of it, everybody can relate to, right? I mean, every everybody has either had the disease themselves, or lost a loved one, or had a loved one, or a friend, or a neighbor affected by it. So, they're like, all right, I'm in. Like that. That's yeah. some bullshit right there. That disease. So, I, and they rallied around that, and that's, you know, that's that's why that fall came swift and hard man well there's parallels in life when it comes to this story in a lot of ways because everything is kind of messy mm -hmm. you know the, the the reality versus the narrative 
it's always messy. Yeah. And there's so many variables that don't get discussed and there's so right. many aspects of it that uh, they're flexible and they right. move around and, and that's... Yeah. I mean, more and more now. I mean, the transparency we, we see in our society today, whether it's politicians or politics or sports or entertainment. Industry, I mean, dude, imagine, like I always say, like, you know, if, if, if I give you three names that were alive today, like Sinatra, we just, you know, just had celebrated mm -hmm. his, his 100th birthday. You, if you took Sinatra, JFK and Michael Jordan and they and they were at their peak today. TMZ alone <laughs> would be nuking people. Yeah. And so uh, it's it just it's it's we're just getting deeper and deeper into that. Yeah, it's, it's and I think this is just there's no still the that. beginning. Yeah, well, for sure. Well, I think what's going on with technology, too, is we're seeing this very obvious trend that the boundaries between people and thoughts and ideas and reality and facts, yep. they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where they're going to be erased. And I don't know how that's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen with something that connects us in in a, a much more personal way than peripheral devices like laptops or phones. I think there's going to be some technology that connects us body to body, whether it's some sort of a neural implant or something along those lines. Damn. I, I really do. <laughs> I think it's on, inevitable. Yeah. I mean, the symbiotic relationship that we have with with cell phones right now is undeniable i leave my phone like you you drop your phone you're like fuck where's my phone my phone's broken fuck 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 no here and, yeah yeah i'm i mean i dropped so i did drop my phone but i'm like i'm like fucking scratching myself because yeah. i haven't had the phone for like two or three hours yeah dude it's that ain't good no it's not good <laughs> I leave my phone sometimes in the in the car when I go do the podcast, and I don't realize that I left it. And I'll be in the middle of a great podcast, but like, fuck, my phone's not here. <laughs> I'm not even going to use it. It's out there. I don't touch it. But the fact that it's not physically like, I want it right there. Dude, imagine like if my... like you know you're on here and you just start like you know you got some guest on, and you're like texting them, and the guest would be like, what, what, what the, the fuck? fuck? Yeah, I come all the way over here, this godforsaken valley, and that LA traffic, and the guy's on his phone. Yeah, well, I have had people that are guests that start checking their Twitter. Like Neil Brennan will start checking his Twitter in the middle of the pocket. What the fuck are you doing? I want to see what people are saying about it. Talk to them afterwards. Just flip your Do phone people over. Ever, you don't let people call in and ask questions or no. tweet and ask questions? Yeah, we've done that before, but the problem is the people that want to do it are usually trolls. You know, they're, they're yeah, the some of those might be fun. <laughs> I like if I wanted that kind of a show, I would do an all call in show. I did a talk. I, I did a fun. talk about a, a couple couple months ago in Denver, and six hundred people, and it was kind of a moderated Q and A, and then we and then the audience was allowed to ask questions, and people were cool. They were asking questions, and the moderator says, and there's a line to get to the mic to ask questions, and and the guy says, uh, not that this late, I'm not uh, connecting, you know, calling her a troll, but. The guy says, is anybody in line really pissed at Lance and want to ask a question? This lady in the back, she's like, me. <laughs> she wow. comes trucking up there. And mm. so, you know, I was like, this is going to be super interesting. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell is she going to ask me? How am I going to answer it? So I, 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 you know, maybe I like a challenge, but. You definitely like a challenge. Yeah. I think you're just yeah. bored. Yeah. In between golf games, you want to spar with somebody verbally. Hey, <laughs> ask Higgs if my phone got fixed. Did he text you? Um, let me see. He's probably out there. I looked when I went to go see. to the bathroom. Says, uh, ha, cool, thanks. That's the last thing he said. Here, I'll text him right now. You out there? Who says ha, cool, thanks? He did. Because yeah. I said you wanted Advil. He <laughs> says, I said Lance would like you to bring Advil. He says, ha, cool, thanks. 
And I said, uh, you it out went, there? Yeah, it was his birthday last night. So oh, we, we went out to dinner and just, we got, we, you know, way too drunk. <laughs> it happens. But dude, it happens. Um, what we were talking about, about te- technology, though, about uh, b- bringing people closer together and, and this the the fact that there's going to I mean, I really think there's going to be no secrets. I don't think anybody's going to have secrets from anybody in the future. Right. I think um, you kind of you caught like the wave of this trend before it got even crazier than it. I mean, right. you, you caught that wave. And even in 2012, the comparison between 2012 and 2015, it's like it's ramped up considerably. For sure. And it'll continue to do that. Yep. Yeah. There's, there's no getting around it. Right. right. Yeah. Is that good? Is that a good thing? <laughs> Or is it just what it is? Yeah, well, you and I are not going to stop it, so that, that that's it's inevitable. To no one is. Nobody's. I think it's going to not just. It's just. It's it, one of the things that's going to happen is it's not going to just be celebrities. It's not going to be just people like you, people like Michael Jordan or whoever. Right. It's going to be everybody. Right. It's going to be if you want to find out anything about right. Jamie, it's going to well, be all on right. the table. Maybe Jamie was one of those Ashley Madison clients. He could have been. There, those Maybe Nowitzki was. Ha! Well, there have been some fucking ridiculous people that were that wound up killing themselves when, you know, like, preachers and shit like that, that it was found out. But how dumb do you have to be to think that that's going to be secure? You're going to go on some dating site. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Like, who, who's, that's, that's insane. But, you know, what kind of a fucking weirdo wants to find out about people that were on the dating site? Like, right, well, what do you give a shit? Leave them alone. Exactly. But that's not the world we live in, right? I gotta take a leak again. You do you? Well, let's let's end this fucking thing. Well, let's end it. Yeah, we're let's kind of it. we're done. I think it's we're eleven thirty. It's eleven. I'm supposed to tee off at eleven thirty, but all right. Were you really? Yeah, but okay. I'll meet. I'm gonna meet him out there. It's all okay. good. It's all good, man. Well, thank you, Lance. Sure. Really appreciate thank it. You. Thank thanks you. Thanks for doing this. And thanks for listening. Whoever, hopefully, somebody listened. A lot of people listen. Cool. I'm sure. Cool. All right. That's thanks. it. Bye, everybody. Bye.